Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the show, y'all. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, y'all. Elite. Let's get it. Let's get it. And Uncle Ron. Hey, 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 what up, though, y'all? This is Ernest J. Lee. It's another week. And, of course, it's another round of Unfiltered with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron. And it's our distinct pleasure. It's our always say from week to week. And, of course, like I always say again, we give it to you straight and to the point. Because we love facts, y'all. And that's why we come in with the mindset of just saying what it is. That is why we call this show Unfiltered. So please stop right quick and let someone know that your favorite kinfolk are on the air. And if they don't know how to get to us, y'all, go on and give them the info. Tell them how you logged on and tell them to join the party with you. All right? Now, if you missed any of our past shows, here's the solution. Log on to Spreaker.com, www.spreaker.com. Search Ernest J. Lee Unfiltered. And there you can follow us and get connected just like that. Also, for the iPhone users, you can go to the iTunes store and search the same name, and there you have it. We'll be right there. You can subscribe and connect, too. You know what? I was in Detroit this past weekend, and my cousin hadn't subscribed to the thing, you know, and I told her how to get there, and she went on right there and got it right for free, Uncle Ron. Ain't that something? God is good. Hey. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sha, na, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a real tongue. Huh? What you think? It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Anyway, hmm. let me introduce the man. You know what? This guy, he just really uh, shocked me over this past <laughs> week. I was shocked and amazed at Uncle Roger's week. You know, the camera kept on him at Auntie Riri's funeral the whole time he was up there singing. I'm not lying. People was texting me from all over the country talking about, is that Uncle Ron on the screen? I said, yes, Uncle Ron. And then guess what, y'all? I tried to get in touch with him after the funeral was over. And I ain't talked to him to the day. Now, he did something. Now, he didn't win all these days without saying that. He didn't get grand on me already. But anyway, if you don't know him, let me introduce him. His name is Uncle Ron, Mr. Tenor Extraordinaire himself. My dude, Uncle Ron, man, what's going on? You yet holding on? I'm yet holding on, but we do need to make one correction. Uh-huh. I didn't get grand. <laughs> I didn't get grand. Okay? <laughs> don't get it twisted. You know what? You know what? I got, what? I, I'm not doing. I'm not doing this with you today, because you're just saying all over the country oh, in millions of homes. Now you want to, you on Bounce Network, the BT Network, CBS, uh, NBC, MSNBC. Whoo! I got what's the other one? CNN. All of them. I mean, just all you know, of them. Yeah, you on all the network. Doc. I, I don't get it. I was shocked and amazed. I was and I know shocked y'all, and amazed too. <laughs> y'all know we play with that. Now y'all don't think I'm ignorant. I know it's shocked <laughs> and amazed. Uh, but we. <laughs> See, y'all ain't been following the show. Y'all know we do these words without no ED on them. But, yeah, I was shocked, Uncle Ron. Now, you know I got to ask you, man. How was that experience the other day, man, at the funeral? I mean, other than being long, I mean, you know. It was an experience, yeah. And it was long. It was a long experience. 
But um, what I liked about it, you know, in certain certain arenas, you, people got to have assigned seating and you got to have a little special room, a green room, whatever. Mm-hmm. At uh, Greater Grace Temple, if it was needed or required, they would have been able to accommodate the people. But what I saw was that everybody was just somebody. They wasn't you know, half a loop. You sat over here, you sat over there. It was a really good environment. It wasn't like going to one of these uh, conventions and you got folks fighting over seats and craziness. But I really enjoyed the atmosphere. It was long. I promised God if he let me live, if there's another funeral that long, I probably won't be attending because it was it was very long. We had to be there at 730 mm-hmm. in the morning. And then it didn't, the pro, the, the funeral, the funeral, the funeral. Oh, I'm going to use that on the Facebook <laughs> words of the week. The frune. <laughs> the fume, the fune, F-U-N-E. <laughs> it didn't get started till almost 11 o'clock. It was a long day, but I'm glad I, because I had really tossed to and fro about, should I keep my commitment? Because if I say I'm going to oh, do right. something, I'm going to do it, you know. But right. it, it worked out. It really did. Well, you know what? I was proud of you on all jokes aside because, you know, it is an honor. You've said your age on this show before, but of course you don't act your age or look your age. But what I'm saying is you've been doing this a long time. So for people to still call your name, especially on something of that magnitude, that is an honor. So I hope that you won two grand and you actually soaked it up and took it in for what it was because that was really an honor for you to be up there on the front line and singing like that, man. And you guys, y'all did y'all good Detroit singing, Doc. (laughs) Well, thank you. And and in all honesty, it was an honor because people don't have to ask you to do anything. Exactly. You Say know, it I again just, for the for the grand ones that's coming up and ain't did nothing yet, and they want to just be arrogant and grand. And, right. Know. And I'm gonna speak it to the ones in the back who may not hear me. <laughs> Nobody don't have to ask you to do anything. That's right. And, and sometimes they'd rather get a lesser person than one who think they all of that. There you go. Uh, because some people they just want an opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. I just been blessed and fortunate down through the years uh, with my experience with Dr. Maddie Moss Clark and then Thomas Whitfield and others. It's a blessing and I don't take it lightly at all. Mm-hmm. I joke about being grand, which I really am, but uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> These young cats, they really need to learn. People don't have to call you and you could be one of the best, but if your attitude is funky or you got a bold reputation and you're not dependable, They'll go to the next one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You only as good as your last gig, whatever that gig is. You ain't always got to say nothing. You ain't always got to be the best musician on the stage or the best singer at the mic. You know, just do your part. And you know what? Everybody do their part. Everybody get along. And that's how you keep a gig. Now, that didn't cost y'all nothing. But if you want to send an offering, send it on in. Could I give my cash out, Doc? Because everybody's doing that now. If you do, I'm going to hang up on (laughs) (laughs) As y'all see, we locked and loaded for the day. And we have a great show lined up, as usual. We're going to tackle today on a very serious note this hot-button issue about suicide, the suicide epidemic in our world today, especially as it relates to our pastors. We're losing pastors at an alarming rate from suicide. So I'm happy to have my big brother, uh, Pastor Ginaldo Lee. He's going to join us today on that combo and help us navigate this info from a pastoral standpoint. Of course, we'll play some indie music and much, much more. So come on the radio and chill with us for the next hour, y'all. It's going to be a ride. But as you already know, Ron is going to stop and be petty before we get serious y'all so man i know you got something for me this week so what is it go on and give it to me doc so what i found humorous and 
odd all at the same time. There was uh, these burglars in Virginia who I guess they thought they were going to uh, ransack the uh, building and get some stuff. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say ransack? Ransack. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, you, must still be you must still be time for the funeral. Uh, you yeah. up two words already today. Which, which ones you, did I mess up? And you normally don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you said funeral or whatever. You said. Fume. It's a fume. Is it ramsack yeah. or ramshack? It's ransack. Ransack. Right. Ramsack. Right. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna start So anyway, there were these burglars in uh, Virginia who felt it necessary or wanted to break into this uh, store that sells gym shoes. But they also uh, clean gym shoes and sneakers and they sell them the whole night. But anyway, these nighttime burglars uh, tripped the alarm at this particular store. And so perhaps they were grabbing too fast, but they got a whole bunch of... (laughs) Sneakers, and this is probably going to go down in the uh, annals of dumb Kremlins, as my <laughs> grandfather would say. So, nevertheless, once they burglarized the place, they ended up with 13 right shoes <laughs> right foot and left foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So unless you yeah. got a right, two right feet, you really couldn't make any use of these particular shoes. Of these shoes, how dumb is that? But they're looking for anyone who may have information, and they have charged a 17-year-old young man with burglary and grand larceny. But you know what I say? What? What kind of? <laughs> help me, Lord. What kind of mess is this? I tell you what, they sure ain't gonna be able to do the hokey pokey doc because they're gonna do the right foot. You're right. They can only put their right foot in. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> You take me down every week. I just want to tell you thank you. That's you really- why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Woo! All right, y'all. So, look, we're going to take a break right here and get to some music because Uncle Ron didn't already started, y'all. We got to get serious right quick. So let's take a break and get to some of this music, and we'll be right back with our discussion for the day on this suicide epidemic. All right? Keep your right shoes close to your heart because they're still in right shoes out here, y'all. I don't know what to tell you. The left ones are safe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. <laughs>
This is Kelly Kenny Brownlee, and I am locked in to Unfiltered with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron. Rescue me. Let's get it, Kelly. Sitting here thinking about my life. Thinking about how can I win this fight. There's a war going on deep inside. But I know that if I trust in you, that everything's gonna be alright.
Hey, y'all, what's going on? This is Ernest J. Lee, and we're back live right here on Unfiltered with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron. And today I have my big brother, Pastor Ginaldo Lee, along with us as well on this subject that we're getting ready to delve into because there is a growing concern in the Christian community and all over the world as it relates to the number of suicides that have been taking place in the ranks of some of our prominent pastors and also just the world itself. We've lost some talented and influential leaders to this growing problem. But it's not just hitting the leaders, y'all. It's also hitting the common man as well. There are many, many, many people all over the world who are dealing with so many different issues and so many different problems. And they just feel like basically there is no hope. So I don't want to call it the spirit of suicide because I just don't want to be that deep. But I think there is a growing concern with what is going on and what is taking place in the lives of those that are living this life because some people just simply cannot take it. So I'm glad I got these two uh, fine gentlemen that have been leaders in their own right for years and decades. So I want to jump right in with Uncle Ron. I know you've been a leader, not a pastor, but a secondary leader, just in life in general. A lot of people call you Uncle Ron. That's a sign of respect. You know, when people call you Uncle Ron, I believe that they're respecting your opinion. They're respecting what you tell them and the advice that you give them. So I just want you to kind of share maybe a personal story or something that you may have known or have happened with someone that's committed suicide in your lifetime. Yeah, um, thanks for this opportunity and thanks for the subject matter. Um, I grew up across the street from um, a family, uh, Mm -hmm. good friends of ours, and uh, the mother committed suicide. She went in a closet in her bedroom and hung herself. As a kid, I didn't know how to process that. I knew what Killing yourself meant, you know, as a kid, I'm thinking the only way a person can kill themselves is they shoot themselves in the head or something. My understanding, she stood on a, um, a ladder. Somehow or another, she kicked the ladder out from under her and she wow. hung herself. The strange thing that wasn't too long after that, her son, which was maybe about four years, three, four years older than me, he did the same thing. And I was a little older, but I still couldn't grasp what would make a person do that. As a young person, what do you have to worry about? I could see maybe if the person is struggling with bills and issues and life, and they might consider it. But I did know that his father was kind of abusive to the mm-hmm. mother. And I think that might have been part of the reason that he um, said he couldn't just, you know, stand by to see this go on. And there was four boys in the house, you know, not to be redundant, but it just really shook me after the second one. The first one, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know how to respond. But after that second one, I was like, oh, wow, this is really, really crazy. It shows you that there is a spectrum range of ages that can hit anybody. You know, like you just said, as a young person, what do you really have? I tell my kids all the time, you got everything you need. So what's your problem? You know what I'm saying? But that's easy for us to say. But again, and I know Pastor Lee as a pastor can speak to this. I think that that epidemic is really growing in the ranks of the young people as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be on Unfiltered with Ernest Lee and Uncle Ron. When you speak of this subject, suicide, and of course I have by being um, doing what I do, and that's a uh, passionate ministry. But whenever I've been approached about this very subject, and of course us being on the radio tonight, one of the things that I am deeply aware of is that someone may be listening right now 
this very moment that is battling or contemplating suicide. So, uh, brothers, I, I pray tonight that whatever we say it will help someone uh, not to take that final step because we're here to offer Jesus. We're here to offer hope. And I think this is a wonderful subject tonight, a wonderful platform. Uh, when you look at uh, the definition of suicide, it's to purposely take one's own life out of misdirected self-love. That's powerful right there. Wow. Out of misdirected self-love. And I found out that the term suicide was coined in 1651. And it literally means self-kill, self-kill. And wow. there's a moral difference between volitional suicide and suicide due to psychological or physiological factors such as chemical imbalance, clinical depression, and an altered mental state. I remember coming up when we were younger in the city of Romulus, Michigan, not to call out this family's name, but uh, Ernest, you remember, he was a best friend of mine, uh, neighbors mm -hmm. of ours. Their house had burnt down and everyone got out. No one was killed in that house fire. But my friend, my best friend at the time, coming up through school, he was burnt over 80% of his body and all going through uh, middle school, high school. He had a very big uh, cluster of skin on his neck that would protrude out of his shirt collar. And he, you could tell that he had been burnt over his arms. And so he was dealing with a lot of things mentally. Uh, by no means was he a punk, but there were always people that were staring at him, looking at him. And I know that it affected him mentally. And when you look at, you know, what we just talked about, uh, what I just mentioned about an altered mental state, I remember there was one guy in particular, which was a friend of ours. And he would call him flamethrower, you know, and wow. people would laugh. And so, again, this brother wasn't no punk, but, you know, this this was just his way of laughing. And so I never forget when we graduated from high school that he enlisted into the armed services. And when he went to the armed services, when he would come home on his leave, I noticed that there was something, it was just something different about him. He would, he would have this blank stare. He was a little different. He would talk, but he wasn't the jovial person that he used to be. And... And one of the times when he came back on leave, there was uh, the summer programs that they used to have at the uh, at some of the schools and his nieces and nephews were up there. And on the way home, he had called his family to come pick them up. And he did for this day, this particular day, he did not come home with them. He had them to bring him home. And I'll never forget when we got the phone call that this young man murdered himself. He committed suicide on the side of that school in broad daylight and took his own life. He was dealing with an altered mental state. I mean, this brother was athletic coming up. His family was well off, but it just goes to show you never know what a person is dealing with mentally. Even in our, with our youth today, I found out that even statistics show that suicide is the third leading cause of death for people ages 15 to 25. So that's targeting our youth. So our youth right. are in trouble and we as adults, as leaders, mm -hmm. we need to be concerned about our youth. And again, I know that there are hundreds and maybe thousands of people that are listening in tonight. We must get in our youth's business. So this is a powerful yeah. platform, man. And I, again, I think that uh, this is something that needs to be addressed. And I'm sure we're going to deal with how we look at it in the church world, uh, because many will look at suicide and say, well, you know, that person, this person's committed suicide. You immediately throw them in hell, mm -hmm. immediately right. throw them in right. hell. But there are some variables to that that we, I'm sure we'll talk about tonight.
my thing is this subject is sort of a taboo subject. And what I mean is people, you know, sometimes, especially dealing in church, if it's something that we really don't know about, we'll kind of sweep it under the rug or, you know, just say, okay, we're going to pray for them. I mean, praying for people is fine. You know, like I always say, my dad used to say, put some wheels on them prayers. And that sounds funny, but it's the truth. At the end of the day, you got to put some action behind it. So you can't just say this uh, suicide is on the rise, but then don't do anything about it. I think we need to do more than pray. We need to find out what's going on. A lot of youth, young people, I should say, are going through a lot of things at school. Uh, you got the uh, economic part of grown people. You know, they can't handle their bills sometimes. And, and we don't understand some of the stuff that we get ourselves into is a result of our own, what the Bible calls lust of the eyes, the pride of life and all that. We want so much stuff. And then when we get it, can we really handle it? Then you got the component you just spoke about, Pastor. You got the bullying in school. You know, you got people that are dealing with homosexuality that are being bullied in school. Yeah. I think one person killed themselves on live Facebook, maybe last year or something like that. You know, they right. were being bullied in school about being gay. Then the social media component will get you depressed too. Like if you see people don't understand, if you're always comparing yourself to other people or your ministry or your job or what you have and what you don't have, you know, like children believe, okay, they ain't, they ain't got Jordans, you know, they ain't got an iPhone, they ain't got this and that. So they can't measure up to the person that has all that at school. I think on their level, that makes them feel sad. So sometimes when you have other things going on, like Ron mentioned, the, the abuse in the home, that contributes to that person wanting to just, hey, let me just end it all. So I think that sometimes we got to get a hold of ourselves as it relates to what we're doing and what we're sowing in our lives as it relates to our everyday life. And I think that can kind of contribute, you know, to that scourge of suicide. What do you guys think about that? Well, I know uh, a lot of people are, and we've heard this term, a lot of people are suffering in silence. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, a lot of times people, if you would just, and even those that would talk, if you just listen to people, people are so in a hurry to diss people and not really hear people. Some mm -hmm. people are crying out, but because we're so busy and because we may think everything is a joke and, you know, especially again, going back to the church, oh, God, fix it or whatever. Well, right. that's one of the problems right there that a lot of people are having because, you know, when you've been in church for 5, 10, 15 years and you're hearing a specific message saying God's going to do it, God's going to turn it around, sow a seed in a few days, God going, and, and then you look up and that thing hasn't happened. You know, you have to be mentally, you have to be spiritually strong to have something to stand on when it seems within yourself that you receive a broken promise or a word that didn't come to pass. You know, many people are sitting there and they're saying, well, God, do you hear me? And then right. you encounter such things as uh, your children and, and your financial things because suicide almost always occurs in response to suffering or anticipated suffering. And wow. some folks have gotten themselves in so many bad situations that they would rather, and this is scary here, they would rather die or take their own lives than to see this thing through. You know, wow. uh, there was a major, something major that happened in my life that I brought up on myself that mm -hmm. I had to get myself in a position that if I did not have a foundation of scripture, mm -hmm. of the word inside of me. Let me tell you something, and most people won't admit this. You know, those thoughts hit my mind, and that, that's mm -hmm. something that I never would play with. That's something, you know, and we can't be afraid to talk about this. And sometimes, again, it's not about just saying, oh, well, let me pray for you, let me lay hands on you. No, I need you to listen. I need you to hold my hand. I need you to do something. And, and so many people out, out here struggling and, and they're fighting this spirit because, again, it seems like it's much simpler to just 
end it all than to just see it through. And one of the things before uh, you guys jump in again, I read that females are more likely to attempt suicide, but mm-hmm. however, males are four times more likely to successfully commit suicide. I'm gonna say that again. Females wow. are more likely to attempt suicide, but males are four times more likely to successfully commit suicide. So. Men are suffering, females are suffering, pastors are suffering, but we must be very careful that if it gets to this point that we surround ourselves with somebody who Mm -hmm. we know that will listen to us. It's very important, those that are listening, get into a place where you have yourself surrounded where someone will hear you and not just pray for you. That's right. Now, Uncle Ron, what do you think about when people say, you know, people, are, they kind of joke with this and it's not funny. You know, people say they're going to kill themselves and they kind of brush it off as they just plan. Like, what do you think? Is that the boy that cried wolf? You know, because some people, they'll, they'll say that they want to do something to themselves. We'll just blow it off like, oh, they just talking. They just want attention. What do you think about that angle? Well, for an example, we were in one of the, the rehearsals for the um, Queen's homegoing service. Mm-hmm. And I forget what we were singing and it really got on my nerves. And uh, I told the person next to me, I said, just kill me. Take me out of my misery. Mm-hmm. Because I had really got irritated. And I was, you know, being calling myself being humorous or whatever. But then I thought about that. I said, I don't want anybody to think right. that I'm contemplating suicide because that's, that's not the case. But um, I really don't know what to think and say if a person has from what I would consider suicidal tendencies. I really don't know, to be honest with you. Now, Pastor Lee, we're going to deal with the spiritual component on our next segment, but let's just hit this a little bit. Okay, like Uncle Ron said, he said that the mother did it, and then the son kind of followed suit. So do you think that there could be some spiritual residue in a person's, I won't say house, but I'm saying as it relates to just like that environment is what I'm trying to say, the energy around them. Do you think that there's some residue left or you think that's the, an individual decision? Well, well, we know it's an individual decision. What I mean is, is it more likely because the mother did it that it was easier for him to do it? This is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, of course, that's hard for anyone to answer. I, I, I do hear what you're saying. Uh, but to answer the question, I, I do believe there's some spiritual overture to it because that's why it's very important who you're connected to, who you're around, because uh, we're spirit beings. We, we're mm-hmm. spirit beings. And to see what that individual was going through in that home mm-hmm. and then to see them ultimately take their own life uh, by way of suicide, then I'm sure there was something that they were dealing with. It's just like people that have been together for decades and years and you find out that one spouse has died, not so much committed suicide, of course, but one spouse has died and they've been around each other for so long. And it seems like that shortly after that other spouse has made their transition right. and it's because of loneliness because so it's familiarity mm-hmm. it's being around that so I do think there is some sort of spiritual tone to that when you see that well this person took their life and maybe they're in a better place now maybe it's not so bad so of course it's mm. hard for us to say but I, I do think there is some truth to that Ernest. I do too. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm talking about more so the young people at school. You know, you might teach your children all the stuff that they need. When you got a child that's in school seven, eight hours, but then, okay, say if you work and then they come home, you know, and they eat dinner and then do their homework, you really only got two or three hours with your child every day during the week because their school 
seven, eight hours with the other kids. So if you got kids there that are leaning toward the darker side or what they call goth stuff, and, you know, they're into all these these crazy video games, and, you know, death is just a big joke to most young people because they see so much killing in the video games. So do you think that a, and I hate to sound so churchy, but I'm saying, do you think a spirit can be born out of those connections at school and then the video games and just that whole culture that brings? I mean, do you think that there's a spiritual component to that as well? I I do. I do. Because, I mean, it's the same thing. And, of course, this is an easy target. But Mm -hmm. I think so because you look at the music. I take my 14-year-old to school. She's a car rider. I take her to school every day. I get up at 5.45, 6 o'clock. We're out the door. I, I drive her to school. And I know from the time that she gets into the car and we drive to school about a 16-minute drive one way that her earphones are in and she's listening to music. You know, mm-hmm. she's getting pumped up with this music. When I drop her off at school, 99% of the children have their earbuds in their ear and they're listening to music. I'm sure they're not listening to uh, a math class on their, their earphones. <laughs> I'm preaching tape. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. They listen to you know, a morning inspiration, you know. So I, I think that Yes, when you look at the with the music, because, you know, there's a certain sound, there's a certain uh, voice that's coming through these earphones, to this music, and people, they're doing what they hear. And when you look at this age group, again, 15 to 25, you're talking about our middle school, high school, uh, young college students that's going into college and, you know, things that are around them. And again, these things start in the home. When you look at, you, you mentioned about sexual gender, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's one of the major reasons for suicide in my reading of this and brushing up on my information that a, a main thing is sexual gender confusion. You know, if you mm-hmm. look at a lot of our young ladies, a lot of them are looking like young men. You look at a lot of young boys. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, at the school my daughter goes to and there's a lot of effeminate young men and I'm not mm-hmm. judging or casting aspersions on anyone, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I mean, and so when they see this, they, they join in. And then when either they're, you know how it is, you, you confront them with certain issues, either they're going to go straight out on you or mm-hmm. they're going to go into a shell. And a lot of times when they go into a shell, that's when they start really thinking they have that time on their hands to really think about, you know, man, what have I got myself off into? Of course, right. that's a whole nother subject or whatever. And again, I'm not here for any of that. I'm just saying we're dealing with this spirit of suicide tonight, which is so very, nothing just happens, man. I'm telling you, this, right. this is a powerful subject tonight. So, you know, with this sexual gender confusion, that's a lot of, uh, if you read up on it, a lot of people are young people People are committing suicide for this very reason. Right. We're getting ready to take a break right here, but I asked this question because it's going to lead us into our next segment about the spiritual side to this, because I do believe there is an agenda behind some of this stuff, too. And, and this is why I believe that it's so important for us to cover our minds and make sure that we, you know, thinking good thoughts, because this stuff can creep on anybody. And like you said, uh, Pastor Lee, you went through a, a thing that those thoughts may have crept in at one point. But thank God that you have enough spiritual sense to kind of pull yourself out of that. So we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to deal with some of these past and some of these leaders that are dealing with so much stuff that they're taking their lives, y'all. So we want you to keep it locked right here. We hope you're enjoying this today. This suicide thing is something we need to talk about. So keep it locked right here on Unfiltered, and we'll be right back right after this. 
What's up, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Larell, co-host of the Unfiltered Show with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron. Listen, do you have a new single that you want played on air? Well, send it in and let us check it out. We're now accepting new music for our show. Also, if you have any music requests, send those in as well. Hit us up at the Unfiltered Radio Show at gmail.com. That's the Unfiltered Radio Show at gmail.com. Send us that new fire and let us make some joyful noise for the kingdom, y'all. Hey, this is Uncle Ron, one half of the new show, Unfiltered. Listen, do you want to advertise or even be featured on one of our shows? Make sure you reach out to us and let us know. Email us at theunfilteredradioshow at gmail.com. Also, if you have any show topics and or questions that you would like for us to tackle, please feel free to let us know. We would love to hear from you. Make sure you keep it locked right here on iWorship96.com every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I holla. We're back live right here on Unfiltered with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron, along with our guest today, Pastor Ginaldo Lee. And we're having a really uh, great in-depth discussion about suicide and its place in our society. It's been growing at at an alarming rate. And it's touching uh, not just one section of people, not just one gender, not just one age group, but it's touching us all. And right here on this segment, I want to talk about the spiritual side to this. We're losing a lot of influential pastors and leaders to this very thing. Now, we know that the leaders in the community are supposed to be the strong ones. So, like, what do you do when the strong ones are taking their lives as well? Pastor Lee said something before we went to break about uh, when you commit suicide as a Christian that, you know, most of us believe that you go to hell. So, my thing right here is Romans 8 says that neither life nor death can separate us from the love of Christ. Of course, it's more to the scripture, but that's the gist of it. So if that's the case, that neither life nor death can separate us, what do you think about that as it relates to us saying that they're going to hell when they commit suicide, Pastor Lee? Well, let's go back to the beginning when we define suicide is to purposely take one's own life out of misdirected love. Again, to purposely take one's own life out of misdirected love. And so I also mentioned that this phrase was coined back in 1651 and literally means self-kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, going along with, with your scripture um, that you just gave in, in Romans chapter 8, before I address that, let's look at John 3.16. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows this. This is one of our foundational scriptures as becoming believers. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the word of God is what the Bible says calls infallible. The word mm-hmm. is infallible. So that means that the word is inerrant. There is no errors in the word of God. So mm-hmm. if God says something, the word says something, then that means it is absolutely facts. The issue is that the Bible was written, as we know, thousands of years ago by over 40 something authors, which mm-hmm. means that scripture or the Bible has been translated so many times mm-hmm. that some of the, the original meaning of the original scripture has been taken out of context or we don't, when we read the scripture, we really don't have a full understanding of what it was saying because it has been translated so many times. But I said all that to say that scripture teaches us that from the moment that we truly believe in Christ, that we are guaranteed 
Now, this is what the Bible says. This is what our Bible says, that we are guaranteed eternal life. Did not John 3, 16 say that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should, should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Is not that the infallible word of God? Yes, it is. Yes or no? Okay, so we're on the same page. Now, 1 John 5, 13 says this. It says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, that ye may know that you have eternal life and that you believe on the name of the Son of God. So we get into that Romans, Ernest. Watch this. Nothing can separate a Christian from God's love. Mm. And that's according to Romans 8, 38 and 39. That's what the word says, right? Isn't the word infallible? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. You just mentioned a thing. So watch this. No created thing, no created thing can separate a Christian from God's love. And even a Christian who commits suicide is a created thing. (laughs) Therefore, not even suicide can separate a Christian from God's love. Why? Because didn't he die for our sins? And if a true Christian in a time, we're talking about Christians now, in a time of spiritual attack, in a time of weakness, commits suicide, his sin is still covered by the blood of Christ. Wow. Mm. Man, I'm, I'm giving you the Bible. So, yes, people will call, people will debate, people will say, oh, you didn't miss it. But no, let's take the scripture for what it says. If nothing can separate me from the love of God, there are Christians, as we are, are going to go into, we're talking about pastors and leaders and men and women of faith that are taking their lives, that are committing suicide, and people are putting them in hell. We already said earlier there's individuals who I'm sure, uh, Uncle Ryan, you may know, Ernest, you may know, you've been in church a while. People will tell you that a person who's lying on their deathbed, a Christian or a non-believer, either one of them, that they cannot repent right before they take the last breath. You know why? Because they lived a riotous life before. How in the world can any human beings thinking flesh tell you where God is going to put someone. You don't have that authority to put nobody in heaven or hell. You know, and right. if a person remember when Jesus was on the cross well, was when he was hanging between what? A thief and a murderer. Look, look at it. I mean, he, he said, look, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they do. We have to be very careful of saying that a person is going to hell because they committed this sin. Man, I'm telling you, we have to be very careful again that we don't prejudge people because John 8 44 talks about that ye are of your father the devil who was a murderer from the beginning so Uncle Ryan Ernest guess what suicide is actually murder mm-hmm. it's self murder but that sin is not unpardonable you, right. that's, that's not an unpardonable <clears throat> sin now I know this wasn't the gist of your point but I just want to hit mm-hmm. it when Jesus was on the cross and he said today when he told the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say he had to wait. He, right. You know, it wasn't even a hesitation. He said today, because you believe today, you're going to be with me in paradise. So that lets you know right there that his mindset on what we call sin, even the lady in adultery, he didn't wait. He said, look, go and sin no more. It was never a, a debate with him. I mean, he just, he never hesitated or wavered. He said, hey, look, you today you're going to be with me in paradise. Hey, the lady was in adultery. You know what? Go and sin no more. Why do you think that there are so many people and pastors that like to put people in hell so quickly? What is the thought behind that? I don't see the results of that. 
even if you're in a relationship and they're loving you because they're scared of you or because they don't want you to leave them, that's not a real relationship. Do you think that they think that's effective by trying to scare people into not going to hell? I mean, what is that? <laughs> well, I, I would say going back to the scriptures that Pastor spoke on and if the preacher who was acting that way then he don't have a good understanding of the word of God to me and that's probably why he or she or whatever espouses that theology mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to call it the once saved always saved theory but I was just sitting here looking at the scripture that John 10 28 and 30 and it says and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand mm. that's kind of like self-explanatory to me right. so why would a preacher or evangelist or missionary have any uh, debate this is not theology five six seven this is plain English to me. And and I guess a lot of times we are a product of, of our environment. Well, my granddaddy preached it like that way. My daddy yeah. preached it like that. And right. so we just duplicate what we've heard when it's, the gospel is simple. All right, Pastor Lee, before you answer this, let me preface your answer with this. Um, according to my facts, 70% um, of pastors constantly fight depression. 71% are burned out. And while about 72% of pastors say they only study the Bible when they're preparing for sermons, 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. And 70% of those same pastors say they don't have a close friend. Now, sometimes we reflect what's going on in our mind because they're in their personal hell. Do you think that some of that teaching makes them want to put you in hell too? Like seriously, you know, when you're living in a personal hell, you want misery loves company. So sometimes because you ain't doing good, you know, you, you want to put everybody else in hell too. Well, if anybody know anything about me, one thing I've always been, and that's raw. Mm -hmm. I shoot straight from the hip. I mean, I'm the same way in the church, outside of church. I don't change my voice. I don't have, you know, it, it is what it is. And as a pastor, and uh, a lot of pastors will get upset with what I'm getting ready to say. But if this show is called Unfiltered, then let's keep it unfiltered. Every pastor, a well, let me put it like this, a true shepherd, let me say that. A true shepherd understands the temperament of his or her flock. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's just like being a father or a mother and you have children. Your children are around. You study your children. You may have two, three, four, five, six children uh, or whatever. Each of them has their own personality. You have to deal with them individually on an individual basis. Then you deal with them corporately together. Each one of them has their own temperaments or what have you in your local assemblies. And that's why John 10 is so important because, you know, spending time with the flock, covering the flock, understanding their personalities, how they are, you know people that are studying and really reading that word for themselves in your congregation. Mm -hmm. This is very important what I'm getting ready to say. You know, you know the spiritual temperature of your church. So if you know that you have a bunch of people that are not really pulling on you, and I'm mm -hmm. talking spiritually, not pulling on you for that word, and they're they're like little hungry birds that's ready to eat with their mouths open and you can tell them anything. Mm -hmm. and, and, and listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying this in a negative uh, way. I'm not saying this to be little sheep. And you know that is not who I am. But what I'm saying is most people are not studying for themselves. And so that pastor can get up there out of his anger, out of his frustration and speak and tell people because most people, as Uncle Ryan said, listen. My grandmama taught, my grandfather taught it, my great-grandfather taught it. You're going to hell, you do this and that. So a lot of people, even pastors now, they'll just preach what they heard. 
They're not studying themselves. They're preaching what they've heard, and you're not really studying. A true shepherd supposed to study his flock, and God will give you a word concerning your flock. He will mm-hmm. give you a word for those people. That's why, again, your church, Uncle Ron, Ernest, where you attend, don't you know the past could all be preaching the same sermon? Let's say Psalms 23. Everybody take the same text. But guess mm-hmm. what? It'll be delivered different sort of ways to meet the needs of those people. You have a decision. Watch this. You're still a human. Yes, you're a pastor. You're a shepherd by title, by office or whatever. You're apostle, bishop. It doesn't matter. But you know whether those people are studying or not. And so a lot of times, if you're not careful, you just read the statistics. It shows you that most pastors these days not even studying. They're not studying. Why? Because they know the people ain't studying. Mm -hmm. You just get up and just, just, you know, just cram a message in at the last minute because most of our people, they want to be emotionalized. Going back to our subject tonight, we're talking about suicide. Suicide, let's clear this up right now. Suicide is never, and I repeat, it is never God's will. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of the worst storms that we can look at, uh, look to as being Christians, we got to understand that he is truly the anchor for our souls. I mean, suicide is always a tragedy. But when you understand the parameters that go behind it, people are suffering with mental illnesses, people, all of his creation, something is wrong with all of us. Let's just mm-hmm. tell the truth. Something. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a past. I don't care if you're a vengeance. I don't care if you're a prophet. You're dealing with something. And it mm-hmm. all goes back to your relationship with the Lord. He says again, Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning. So there's a spiritual battle that we have to fight that predates our earthly existence. So wow. it's, it's, it's very powerful that we understand this. And so you can't fight a spiritual battle in the natural. Mm-hmm. It has to be fought in the spiritual realm. You remember in, in first, uh, I believe it's, I don't get my Bible, first Samuel 16, remember when, when God told Samuel to go and anoint the king and he looked at Eliab and he said, surely that's the Lord's anointed. And the Lord said, no, you're looking on the outward appearance, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at the heart. You know, so we can't say that a person is going to hell because they made a last minute decision or whatever. You can't do that. You have to. God sees a person's heart and people are going through so much. Let's think of a young woman who has been abused, even a young man who have been sexually and brutally and mentally abused. And with this Me Too movement and people are dealing with so many things on the inside emotionally and can't don't want to tell them. You don't know what they're dealing with. And their way out may be suicide. Again, suicide is wrong, but we cannot put that person in hell. And this is, this is, I just was sitting here thinking, man, this is so much information. We're going to do a part two of this next week because it's so much stuff that we need to get into. I mean, the facts are there and the statistics are there, but I don't think people are really paying attention to it because you, you just said that everybody wants to feel good. Everybody just wants to shout. And it's almost like a drug. It's like a spiritual drug. You know, when you drink or you smoke, you know, you get high or whatever. For that moment, you're out of those uh, problems. You're out of those doldrums. You know, everything is fine. Then when you come off that high, it's right back to it. And to me, on Sunday morning, not judging people, but I'm a musician that's been playing since I've been 12 years old. And I'm over 40 now. And my whole thing is, listen, I didn't play shout music for the best of them. And at the end of the day, they come right back and shout the next week. You know what I'm saying? And and, right. and people lay hands on the next week. So it's almost like a spiritual drug. That does not solve your problems. <laughs> and I don't right. think people want to, they don't want to say that because that sounds like I'm talking against church. I'm not. No. Going to church don't solve your problems. You have to understand this. This is a spiritual battle, but it's also a natural battle. And you got to learn how to make those two meet each other. The natural battle 
the Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. So, you know, the natural battle is what you fight in every day. The spiritual part, most people ain't spiritual anyways. So what we think the devil is doing, he ain't doing none of that. It's you. I know we got to end it, but go ahead and finish up your point. Let, and then let, we'll let me say this point before, before we go, man. I got, mm-hmm. you know, on, on that pastors who committed that suicide, I don't know if it was last week, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one pastor written in, in, in many saw it on the post. I really didn't even read up on it, to be honest, because my heart was heavy concerned when I did see a picture of a man. I looked like he had three young boys or whatever, and I know his wife has said some things. But, you know, one, one of them said, depression is real and pastors are not exempt or defective who experience it. That's powerful right there. Pastors are not exempt or defective who experience it, he said. Let me get your thoughts on this as, as, as I finish for tonight. And, and I'm quoting this from another past. And I had to, I, I wrote this down for tonight because I really want to get this out before we closed out. He says this, this is not me talking. And this is so powerful. He says, in this generation, pastors are expected, watch this y'all, to be business savvy, Instagram quotable preaching celebrities, fully accessible, deeply spiritual, not too young, not too old. And if a pastor doesn't quite measure up to someone's expectation at any given moment, this is the part that got me right here. They are given a two out of five star rating on Google. We have reduced the ministry to star ratings on Google. Man, when I saw that right there, that blew me away. You literally have people that are giving pastors stars. This thing is crazy. So look what the pastor is up against. People want you to be a puppet now. You can't say nothing wrong. You can't say nothing right. People want to expose you. People want to talk. You know, I heard Dr. Creflo Dollar say this years ago. He said this. He said, y'all want me to live right. Y'all want me to do everything. He said, but the same Bible that applies to me applies to you. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it there. They said that you they want to get a pass a, a two out of five star rating. Man, I, I'm, I'm closing the book on that one for tonight. Uncle Ron, you can hit that one. Well, you could see that could be part of the reason why these cats are considering suicide because the expectation is so great. That's what I was leading to, Uncle Ron. Go ahead. You don't. You don't know what kind of help they have. Am I the only uh, pastor here? Do, are there other pastors on the team where you don't have to uh, bear the whole brunt or the burden of that? But I would probably be, be considering something stupid, and I'm really being facetious. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at all that this man is responsible for, and then you're being judged by a worldly uh, measure. A two star on a on a uh, what's it <laughs> two say? out of five on Google. That's ridiculous. Like you rate them like they're a hotel or something. <laughs> right. I remember my pastor used to say this, Ernest. He used to say, when you sit in that seat, he say you go and he say, son, you're going from being one of the targets to the target. Mm. Everybody is coming after you, and that right. has never left me. You're going from being one of the targets to the target man i thank you for this opportunity tonight. Oh this is- listen we this is, i know y'all know we end the show with joking but we're not gonna do it this week but you know I, i'm i'm now my brother know i play like this but god spoke to me man when you was talking man i'm talking like the, <laughs> <laughs> like the preacher <laughs> <laughs> no, but on, on the real tip, he's no, to me. No. We're going to do a part two of this for next week because I didn't know that September has been dubbed the uh, Suicide Prevention Month. So, wow. see, I know I'm in the spirit. So, see, hi, and yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to be funny. Hi, yeah, yeah, I am fired up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll go around. <laughs> 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 so, 
So, <laughs> so this month is Suicide Prevention Month. So on a serious note, we, we have to do another show on this. Like they used to say, Rev, held, we might be held over for a couple of weeks on this because there are yes, so yes, many yes. people that are dealing with this. And we ain't even scratched the surface of this information yet. So I want you guys to understand that this subject is something we need to deal with. So before I close, there is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Uh, 1-800-273-8255 The National Suicide Prevention Hotline Listen, if you are going through something And you can't get to nobody, call Don't just sit there and, as uh, Pastor Lee said Suffer in silence There is someone that's willing to talk to you And to be a listening ear You know, And these things are real problems These are I don't care how old you are, how young you are How much money you got Rich people are killing themselves too So it ain't about money This goes from the least to the great So before we close tonight uh, Pastor Lee, can you just close us out in prayer As we going off Because I, I know some people may be listening to this That may be thanking God That someone is taking the time to talk about this Yes, uh, and I appreciate again this opportunity. And uh, just a quick note, I will be beginning my uh, show right here on www.iworship96.com this month. Uh, in the flow with Janaldo Lee. Just wanted to put that plug yes, in. Sir. Stay tuned. Yes, Monday nights at 8 o'clock. Monday nights at 8 o'clock. Uh, beginning next week, I believe. But again, Father, in Jesus' name, we do thank you for this wonderful and graceful opportunity to come across these airways on tonight. We thank you for Unfiltered with Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron. We thank you for their dedication, God, to the people. And we pray tonight, God, that who's ever listening, Father, and those that are contemplating suicide, Father, we pray that the hand of God, Father, will speak to them now. We command their souls to stop and to praise you now, God. Father, we pray now, Father, for divine intervention through the Holy Spirit. Father, we touch and agree with that woman, that man, that child, that son, that daughter, Father, now that they will reconsider, Father, and devote their lives back to you. So God, we just cover them now in your blood. We thank you, God, that if this prayer can save one life, then God, we say thank you. So God, we pray this prayer and we speak it in faith and we declare in Jesus' name that that soul, those souls, Father, will think again and they will live their lives to the fullest. Father, set someone in their paths that will love on them. Father, that they will listen to, that they will take heed to, that will love on them and wrap their arms around them tonight. And God will give your name praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for listening tonight. We're so happy that you tune in from week to week. Now listen, we'll be back next week with part two of this because we really need to dig into this. So this is Ernest J. Lee and Uncle Ron on Unfiltered. Keep it locked right here for more, y'all. We'll be back next week. We'll holler. soul flow like the sea there's no force more greater feel like second nature ain't nothing more beautiful love is universal so let's come together bring healing to the world the power of love is so strong it can conquer it all and love Open up and let it show Don't you know love
It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.